We're overconnected and overworked. We suffer from social and technology overload. We rarely experience the joy of solitude or the respite of nature. We're always on and we never turn off. That's why we started the Getaway Podcast. I'm John Staff, and in this show, we'll look at how we got here and how we can regain a sense of balance in our increasingly unbalanced lives. My buddy Pete and I, hi Pete. Hi John. Are the co-founders of Getaway, a company that's designed to immerse people in nature and challenge us to rediscover the pleasures of boredom, solitude, and unstructured time. Each episode, we're going to talk to people who have experienced these imbalances in their own lives and have decided to do something about it. They'll share hard data, personal anecdotes, and useful strategies for creating a counterbalance in all of our lives. How do we start these things? I'm John. And I'm Pete. And this is Fran. That's correct. I'm Fran. And now we have the show going. Oh, we didn't say who Fran was. Who is Fran? Fran is a writer, speaker, and community maker of all things queer. That's true. You might know him as the co-host of Food for Thought, T-H-O-T. Very important distinction. So let's begin like we do with all uh, episodes. Let's put our cell phones in the getaway cell phone lockbox. Oh, what a plug. We're here in a getaway tiny house. We have the cell phone lockbox here. an aneurysm, but other than that... (laughs) Oh, my okay. phone is too big for the box. Oh, no, it's too big. Well, well a little bit of a close. Phone. Oh, there we go. Slam it okay. shut. Oh, I love this. Sit on it. How does that feel that you're away from your phone? We want to have I fun am, with this. I have the shakes. I'm itching. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm having withdrawal symptoms already. So We bring people on the show because we're trying to build a world that has counterbalance between work and leisure, right. city and nature, technology and disconnection. But right. you're a special case because you are yes. very heavily connected. Yes. That's, that's not true. what you wanted to ask. I'm very connected. I know it. Yeah. And you live online. So you have all these projects. I, you know, contrary to popular belief, I actually think someone like you would know best about getting offline because yeah. you're very conscious about what you're doing. I am. Absolutely. I, I have that app that tracks how many hours a day you spend on your phone. Um, the average human, they statistically spends about four-ish hours on their phone a day. Um, but the the app moment, if you um, have never downloaded it, finds that most people actually spend more around five, six hours a day on their phone on average if you're like a media maker. On days where I am working from my phone, if I'm like have a day like this where I'm running between meetings and like have a bunch of different things and I'm working on my phone the whole time, or if I'm traveling and I'm looking at my phone over and over again, I will spend eight hours of the day on my phone. That is my waking how does life. That, how does like that, that feel? It felt, hor- I mean, when I realized how much time I was spending on my phone, it felt horrible. However, I have not changed <laughs> my my patterns very much. I'm uh, I'm a Taurus, Taurus rising with a Virgo moon. So like, I am a workaholic. I'm really difficult. Same, and I, you, there's no way you are. Unless you are <laughs> born um, in the exact same suburb as me on the exact same day in the same Anyways, regardless. You don't know me, Fran. <laughs> you don't know where um, I'm from. But uh, but regardless. Fran, you strike um, me as someone from northern all Minnesota. All that astrological <laughs> mumbo jumbo is shorthand for um, I am a workaholic. Work energizes me on days where I have am completely stacked. I absolutely adore it. And contrastingly, downtime is very important to me. Luxury is very important. Taking vacations is very important. So um, I tend to work in uninterrupted stints of weeks or months at a time. And then I go on a sabbatical. Uninterrupted months? Yes. What do you mean? Well, I That's mean, outrageous. So like Pride Month is a great example. So Pride Month is when all my 
all my checks come in. So like I, I'm like being booked for gigs over and over again. I'm going to every single party um, that I'm invited to or almost every single party that I'm invited to. And I, I mean, I, this year, last year, actually at pride, I remember looking at my calendar and at the end of the month and I was like, I went out every single night for 27 consecutive nights, like an, like an uh, 27 consecutive nights. And generally like I am out between four and seven nights a week, all the while working like 40 to 70 hours. Yeah. And is it, is the going out work or is the going out not work? (laughs) The going out can sometimes actually be work itself because I'll be networking or I'm like, or I'm hosting something and I have to like kind of be play the host vibe. Sometimes it's an evening thing where I'm like moderating a panel or I'm actually like the convener of the event itself. Um, so sometimes it is work. Other times it is recreational. So like I try, I try to use these times with my friends and when I'm like out to unplug a little bit. One thing we talk about though, a lot on the getaway podcast is that when there's not a, fi- a strong line between work and leisure, mm. it ruins your work and it ruins your leisure. So mm. do you ever have times where I like went to this party to to like have let loose a bit, but mm. then you have to like present your public self to it? It's difficult because what I do is so amorphous. Like I, you know, I'm just like a queer person on the internet, and that's kind of my full time job. Um, and generally, uh, I don't have work life balance because. Um, my work is the most life-giving thing I do, and it is my life. Um, meaning, my work is um, a, a an archiving of my life by way of Twitter, by way of the books that I'm writing, by way of the podcasts that I create. Um, so the lines are a lot blurrier when it comes to leisure, as you say. But um, when it comes to like downtime, it's really the way my brain works is like I have to work for a long period of uninterrupted time, and then downtime comes when I have these big sabbaticals or big stints of like going away then you don't have to agree with us obviously like we're here to explore this topic but what you just said to me sounds unhealthy i like you said (laughs) i'm gonna work for months and then i'm gonna have downtime i would say this is a crazy person who burns Mm. out so I don't really experience burnout. I'm not, I'm not a very, I'm not someone who's like very prone to fatigue and because I'm such a workhorse. Like I can have a day where like I wake up at 5.36 and I have a morning meeting, an afternoon meeting, a, a, an evening thing, like another book, another thing that I booked and like, and then work in between it every single hour. Um, and I get home, like I'm on the train home and I'm just like vibrating like that. I'm just like so excited about a day that's stacked like that. Um, this is, I'm, I'm still convinced you're unhealthy it's, it's if you're re- vibrating on the re- train I, on the I way home. I love it. I, I really, really love days that get I'm the man busy. a doctor. But I, I know well, that get, what I let's am. Get, let's get to the heart of this. What yeah. is what is at the heart of you working and not being tired, whereas other people are overworked and they're, they burn out? Yeah, are they worse oh, people? I, no, I don't think they're worse people. They just are more human than me. I don't know. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> super I, 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 I want to attribute this all to my astrological makeup, but I don't want to turn your podcast into an astrology podcast. No, that's How, fine. However, I, I, I do, I turn do know what into I, something for God's I, sake. I, I am a Libra. A podcast so I actually search of a need. Of the podcast. You do. That's true. Um, I, I, I am prone. I am prone to anxiety. I'm prone to getting, uh, an inordinate amount of anxiety after having stacked too many things in a row mm-hmm. when I know and that's when I know to take breaks So I have a, a interesting question about well, I have a 
here's we'll a, decide if it's an yeah. interesting. <laughs> I have a question about so we rag on the internet a lot here, mm -hmm. and we say these people are overconnected. A lot of people say the teens are overconnected, but actually, for much of my lifetime, a lot of queer people in my community, mm -hmm. the internet was a savior for them because mm -hmm. they were in a you know my community's not you know the middle of Kansas, but <laughs> it was just a normal suburban community. Yeah, and what they weren't finding in high school or middle school, they were finding online. Mm. And so for someone to rag on the internet and say, why are you always on your phone? Maybe your phone was your for only them was the space. only place where they felt good. So maybe this is something we should be conscious of when we're ragging on the internet all yeah. the time. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, that's a perfect observation and that's exactly right. I mean, and the internet is, you know, the first safe space to a lot of queer people, especially people who live in the middle of this country or live in rural areas or people who live in countries where it's illegal to be queer. Um, the internet is all you have for those safe spaces. Like unplugging is kind of um, detrimental to the person that you are and or you trying to figure out what your identity is. So whether it's a Tori Amos message board or like a queer person that you met on Instagram, like those are your first kind of entry points into queer culture. So yeah, there's a different probably relationship with people who use it as a safe space as well. But then you've started communion, which which I want to hear about because yeah, that's yeah. about getting queer people together in person, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, it's a, uh, a queer artist collective we're in, we invite a bunch of queers over for dinner um, once a month and we sit down, we put our phones away so that we don't have, you know, any text notifications or any like news updates. Um, a lot of people that come to the dinner um, or most of them work in media, work in activism, work in a uh, a field where they have to be plugged in all the time and they put it away just for like a few hours so we can sit and have a conversation over our really So you nice do meal. believe in disconnecting at some point? Once I, you found your community? I believe in it. He I just rarely see it, you know. But that Tell but us that, about the dinners though. So part of the dinners is 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 why it's so special. You know, we we the people uh, it's exclusively queer guests, and a lot of them don't know each other. We curate the room specific to people that we think would jive well together. What I love about that is it's often this conversation about balance and technology and overuse and whatever is so guilting. Right? Yeah. It's like you're on your phone too much, you work too much. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but what you've done is you've created a simple intervention mm. that just makes that happen without thinking about it. It's not like, you know you're a bad person, put your phone away and come do this thing. It's not, we've yeah. created something magical. Yeah. And we don't really like take people's phones away from them, which is kind of what's so beautiful. People just kind of intuitively put their phones away. Like no one pulls it out. So I think that's another thing is that they are not addicted to their phones in that moment because the conversation and the company is so engaging. And how do you think about, so you, on the one hand you're doing these these dinners and it's in person and it's human and it's real life and real time. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you're building this internet following. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean to like, it sounds like a, like Pete's a, a lobbying against you. I'm on your side. <laughs> um, but don't how do you, fight mom and dad. How do you think about those different, <laughs> you nailed our relationship. <laughs> We're, we, we have yet to decide who's mom and who's dad. I have decided your mom. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's a <laughs> <laughs> I accuse Pete of being <laughs> Never mind I'm not, going there. I'm not going there How do you think about You know on the one hand You're doing this in person stuff That must be super meaningful mm. On the other hand You're building this following online Which is at least different Hmm 
Um, yeah, it's definitely very different. Um, so my internet relationships are like amongst my most prized possessions. Um, I get DMs. Does that mean follower counts or does that mean? No, my, like my direct messages. Like I get. I know what DMs are, Fran. I, 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 I just, I don't know. I mean, I just wanted to add extra context just in case. Um, I get direct messages from people every single day. Um, either. Well, it, it really varies. Some are people that I already know by, by way of the internet. We've already had like previous little chats or conversations. Other are people reaching out for the first time telling me how much their work means to them. And that can be, you know, a, a transgender non-binary kid who's like living in Peru and like works on a, uh, a literal llama farm. Or like my friend who is a bisexual trans... Uh, bisexual drag king who lives in Scotland and feels really isolated by their university and the student body that works there. I have like little internet connections all over um, my direct mentions like that um, who just like want to engage in conversation every day and um, or every week or every month you know it's it varies but like I those people that kind of reach out to me for a connection I cherish that so much and I, I'm weary of the day where I won't be able to answer all of them. But right now I do. I answer to every single one. And if I can, I engage in conversation with them, especially if they're asking me um, a specific question or need or in need of advice um, or are particularly isolated in their um, circumstance. Um, yeah. And that's just like and the podcast gets messages and emails and tw- tweets like that every single day um and food for thought is just so blessed to have that kind of following but this thing is this space um that we create on the internet is also community you were talking about the importance of these online relationships mm-hmm. and it made me think you know remember a couple of months ago when everybody was deleting their facebook accounts uh-huh, uh-huh. and that in a certain way is quite a privileged thing to do right like we yeah. live in new york city we are connected uh, to some of us as friend have friends <laughs> <laughs> some of us have fewer friends but, you know, it's like, okay, great, I'll get rid of my Facebook. You know, I've got a bunch of colleagues mm. I can go out to a drink with or, you know, go rock climbing, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you'd read these articles about usually our parents mm. and our grandparents who are living in small towns. And this is a social lifeline, the, mm. inter- this, the internet, Facebook, however you want to think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really is. Um, and I don't know what I would, I don't know what I would do or where I'd be without it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's important to, like, kind of mediate what your stress levels are and I don't have the same relationship to the internet as everyone else there are a lot of people that you know just have to take their necessary breaks and I don't I don't unplug really um and I I try I you know I know when I am my my work is stacked up too high um but a lot of my online online relationships is uh is not work um but yeah but I so so yeah I get that there's a bunch of benefits to it. That's what we've been talking about. And now that I'm half a can of Pinot Gris in. <laughs> but aren't there flaws? Aren't there downsides? Is it all good? Uh, with uh, internet relationships? Yeah. Just the internet. Like, our about, life on the I internet. Gotta, I, gotta hard, I got a point in my ass. Yeah, yeah. What about all the people that don't have all the followers? You know, like the people that don't get a benefit. Yeah, we're not from all it. influencers, like, Fran. Should they be on there? You know, is it nice to be an influencer, but not nice to be a receiver? I'm so officially attacking the guests. Wait, wait, wait. Be a receiver to not be a receiver of like a lot of. Content. There are a lot of kind of. There, I assume there's a very long tail of dream, people who dream of being an influencer. Well, the thing is that so you know, uh, whatever my my following aside. Um, part of what I do with communion with hello mister with any internet space I can be in 
is bringing people in communion with each other on the internet so that they can find I each other. I love that. So we have like the, that non that um, drag king scientist that lives in Scotland is now in communication and in communion with so many more listeners of Food for Thought because we've convened this space. It's not just about me and my influencership. It's the fact that these people have found each other and it doesn't matter what their follower count the follower accounts are it's that they found communion by finding something in common in me in food for thought or in hello mister you know i, I think that's beautiful yeah. and i think that might i'm gonna add another rule which is <laughs> yes which is i think the honorable way to have a large following is to turn your following into a platform for community not to bring all glory to yourself yeah, you know, yeah. but more importantly like you don't have to have a large following to create community with anybody yeah, yeah, you yeah. know like there you have to you have to engage that's how you know it starts that's the tori amos message board the dm <laughs> the, t- the dm that you you extend Again, to someone with who the tori amos message board <laughs> the, the DM that you extend this. Let's all share like our internet you, space. You send, you send it, you, you put it out there and you meet someone off the internet. For me, it was like, you know, um, it was like, you know, Tumblr boards about like Laura Dern and like Beyonce. Do you remember Bolt.com? I'm I not old. I'm probably old. No idea what that is. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, it was like Netscape Navigator period of internet. But it was important for me yeah. as a not out gay kid yeah. to be online. So Yeah, absolutely. Despite yeah. the side eye I'm getting and from my, both uh, of you, my, I get what we're talking about. My white straight male suburbanite one yeah, was MuggleNet.com. MuggleNet.com <laughs> is a great example. <laughs> yes. That is a great example. That is a space convened by J.K. Rowling and the powers that be yeah. so that people can be in communion with each other. That's yeah. important. And I went to a MuggleNet meetup once. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I really sense I should quit pushing on this, but I can't. So, uh-huh. um, yes, give it, give it to me. Lay it out. How do you think about, like, aren't there people out there who don't know the real you? Right? They're messaging with you. They're talking to you. They think they know you. You're like the hero they shouldn't meet, maybe. Like, do you play Fran when you're DMing them, or do you try to find, do you, like, work really hard to be the true Fran? This is great. Um, This is a great, I love this question, because I don't, uh, (laughs) I'm just, like, throwing it right back at you. I don't really um, believe in true self, performed self, fake self. Um, I don't believe that like my identity is like a series of Russian dolls where like you have like my outer identity and then you like take off a Russian doll and it's just like what only like uh, my acquaintances know and then you take off a Russian doll and it's like what only my closest friends know and you take off and it's like my deepest, deepest, darkest secrets. Like I don't believe in that kind of like layered, accrued sense of identity. Um, one, in part because I'm, I'm pretty open about who I am on the internet. I will answer to any question I will admit to anything that anyone asks me um, if they you know have want to work something out um, I and I think that um, I do that work I make myself vulnerable so that other people can take a break because not everyone you know has the privilege of being able to do that but the other thing is that like my identity and as I was saying earlier as I engage with people online even if the way I communicate with someone online via DMs or with my um, captions is a different version than if you and I were sitting and getting drinks at a bar. I uh, wonder, I would ask you, what about my direct messages or what about the way I would convene myself online is less real if that is still a real connection with a person? Yeah, no, I love that answer. And the key to it for me is the vulnerability, right? Mm. That... It's so important and so hard to be vulnerable. And I'm a believer that 
we have to work to show our real selves. Yeah. But I'm also a believer that that's work, that that takes effort because it's not the, you know, it's not the default mode of being a human on the planet. And it's definitely not the default mode of being a human on the internet. Yeah. And so God bless you for doing that and more power <laughs> to you for doing that. And I, and if everybody on the internet could behave in the way you described, like, yeah, you know, the dream is realized. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm as you know, to, to belabor the point, I'm not very human. I feel like we've just grilled this man. <laughs> we've made him defend himself in front of us. The, the thing that. is he survived, but we thing. are defeated. That <laughs> We're all just like struggling through this, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're all, the internet is not that old mm -mm. and it feels old because we all like chat every day and it, it feels like not a new topic to talk about, mm -hmm. but we're all figuring out like, how do I deal with the fact that my work comes to my pocket 24 seven, wh whether I'm a person who lives my life online or not, whether mm -hmm. I'm an influencer or not. Um, or I just work at a company where my boss emails me and expects me to be on conference calls on vacation. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to figure out like, how do we react to this thing that's 15 or 20 years old? Yeah, that is filled with amazing things yeah. and also awful things. So yes, it's, you know. absolutely. And we're doing, some of us are doing good, some of us are doing bad, most of us are in between, and we each have like some shit to add. And if you're going home at night vibrating on the subway, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I well, love it. Come I over for some tea. I think you're doing good. <laughs> Stop by for some tea, Fran. Thank you so much, Fran. Of course, absolutely. Any last words uh, we didn't cover? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Fran Squish Co. Um, or any other social media platform that you prefer. I'm pretty much on all of them. And you can follow my podcast at food, the number four and thought spelled T-H-O-T. That's very, very that important distinction. That over there. That's correct. Thanks for listening. Visit getaway.house for more info on our guests and extras from the episode you just heard. Don't forget to write in and ask questions at podcast at getaway.house or leave us a voicemail at 323-616-2929. Special thanks to Johnny Fung for the vibey music and audio engineering. Our producer, Alexandra De Palma, and to our guest, Fran Torado. As a thank you to listeners, we'd love to invite you to try Getaway and experience some more balance in your life. Enjoy $25 off all bookings on our site with the code PODCAST25. That's in all caps. So I'll say it in all caps. PODCAST25. Thank you. <laughs>